Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a while Hi, it's Jackie Cation And you are listening to The Dork Forest The website's JackieCation.com DorkForest.com TheDorkForest.com if you like a determiner Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio and video. Vilmos works on JackieCation.com. And Mike Rickberg uh, sang the song with his wife, Sarah. He composed it, and he will sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening to The Dorks Forest. Here's a scoop. I'm doing stand-up online. A lot of Zoom shows will eventually go back on the road. Sign up for my email list. It's easy to get off. It's harder to get on than it is to get off. And no harm, no foul. If ever bored, JackieCasia.com, sign up for the email list. You'll find out about my weekly Zoom shows and stand up on the road eventually. You may donate to the show if you would like. I would like. Sure, I would. There's PayPal, Jackie at JackieCasia.com, and there is a PayPal button on both ZorkForest.com and JackieCasia.com, and there's Venmo, if you like Venmo, Jackie-Cation, oddly enough. If you have listened to all of the shows, go to dorkforest.bandcamp.com, I think. The Dork Forest has a Bandcamp page. You can listen to a, but a lot of ones that are free from pre 2000 nine when I started pre-recording and uh, then there's uh, live episodes that cost me a couple of bucks so I charge you a couple of bucks there's also some stand-up there's a story uh, album that's very exciting there and um, other than that I have a lot of merch in my garage feel free to order if you know anybody who doesn't have any CDs or the DVD and uh, you can follow me everywhere at Jackie Cation let's get into the show Hi, Jackie Cation here. How the heck are you? Uh, Rangers of the Dork Forest. I am in my garage and it is weirdly raining in Los mm. Angeles. Uh, since we live in a very uh, weird area, we're happy for that rain. With me, Hallie Kiefer. Welcome to the program, Hallie Kiefer. Thank you so much for having me. This is a delight. And yes, so unnerving to be in LA with so much rain. It is a little spooky. Right, right, right. right. It's, uh, it usually rains in February and we are now, uh, mid-March. So, uh, it is kind of weird. This, I, this, I think won't go up until April, which will make it even weirder. Wait a minute. Will it make it spooky? Will it make it horrifying? Mm, I think anything can be (laughs) spooky. That's what's so great is anything can be spooky. That's hilarious. Uh, so just so everyone knows, Hallie Kiefer, it's Hallie like Halle Berry, Kiefer like Kiefer Sutherland, and all of my my fan base, Rangers know those two uh, people. So uh, they will understand who those two people are. But that's, but and it's spelled that way too, yes, right? Yes, thankfully, yes. I, as I was saying to Jackie, unfortunately, the children don't know about those two <laughs> figures, which is fine. But then I realized that the uh, the there's a singer uh, from uh, Hallie and Chloe, Chloe or Halle Bailey is going to be the new Little Mermaid. So I'm like, oh, great. So a new generation of, of, of people will know at least one Halle. So we got that going right. for us. So we have that going for us. And you have a podcast where you ruin a horror movie for your co-host. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's called Ruined, oddly enough. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, basically, I, I've always subjected my friend Alice Leiby, another very funny writer and comedian. She hates horror movies. So I've always taken advantage of that where I could sort of tell her everything that happened because she didn't care. She was never going to see it. 
So, uh, yeah. Well, welcome to my world. I'm never going to see that movie and you can ruin it for me as well. Right. So what, what a great, uh, but what a great podcast. So people could find that, uh, everywhere. Something tells me you all know how to fund podcasts. So, but it's at Hallie Kiefer, uh, for Twitter and Instagram and all the things. And because what the heck, I don't know. What is there? Let's, we could talk about horror. You said horror movies and horror TV. Mm-hmm. What is horror TV? Is there just tense? Is it just tense? Oh, or is yeah. it horror horror? Well, you know, I feel like there's more and more horror. I don't, that sounded so bad as it came out of my, of my face. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of, you know, I think. Um, You're doing great. If anyone's listening, uh, The Haunting of Hill House, I think on Netflix, people were really excited about that. And I feel like there's more, more and more series where like, yes. If this was the 90s, would many of these shows simply be a movie? Yes, but we have we said nope, movies are not the thing, it's going to be TV. So, right. um, for example, I'm watching Servant on Apple TV, a slow burn, which some people do not like, but I like I'm like if you're going to bother to make a series, right. give me one weird thing an episode. That's fine, you know? Like why why else are we doing TV other than to like sort of take our time with it? Right. If it's episodic, it can move a lot slower. Yeah. Um, so is it the one weird thing? Because I, I just did an episode with Mike Drucker about weird uh, horror video games. And he said, everything looks super normal, but there's one thing that's off. Yeah. And that's what and that's what cre- it makes it creepy. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, I think in order. Well, I don't know, because then it's like. You have uh, shows like, uh, you know, The Walking Dead, but it's like, I wouldn't consider that horror. It's a horrifying situation, but it feels more of <laughs> right. a, a drama. There's action in it. But yeah, the horror, you, I guess you sort of do have to make it close to reality or, or some semblance of reality or else then it's like that it becomes sci-fi or that it becomes some other genre. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I think it, like in Servant, for example, um, they're just, uh, you know, your regular, incredibly wealthy New York couple. Because, you know, you can't see someone with a regular crappy apartment. You've got to have someone with a brownstone. Right. Or else why are we watching television? <laughs> and um, unfortunately, uh, I, I, won't, I don't want to spoil anything, but uh, they've hired a nanny. And the nanny okay. has some sort of supernatural or paranormal ability. But because the couple is such a shutdown pair, like a white couple... They can't, they could never be an honest discussion about what's going on between anybody. So that's very interesting. So you're playing like, do you have the spooky elements and then also the psychological, like if you, someone would just be honest with each other, maybe we can figure this out, but we can't do it. We simply can't. You know, that's interesting because that's what I've always felt about like sitcoms where you're just Mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, I think it's a lot harder to write something that it could all like, that can't be fixed by an honest conversation. Right. Yeah. Like if you want to have, if you want to have horror, if you want to have drama even, mm-hmm. uh, cause I, in real life, loathe drama. And so if things are starting to look dramatic, mm-hmm. I will literally say to the person I'm talking to, how can we talk out whatever this weird vibe is? Yeah. Cause I can't live it. I can't live it. And I think that makes you a honestly like a more advanced person, Jackie. Because I feel like it's <laughs> I feel like it's only this past year that I realized like one, it's okay to admit if things aren't great, like it's not the end of the world. And that's like again like being a Midwesterner, a woman, an American, you know, whatever, a Catholic. You're sort of compelled to be like everything's fine, everything's you know all the time. And right. there's a lot of power in being like, hey, I don't I don't have the solution, but things aren't great. And then and then to your point, just being like. I'm just going to be as honest as I can. And hopefully you will do the same with me. And hopefully we can hash this out rather than be like, how can I in my own mind 
trick myself into thinking this isn't a problem, which is much harder <laughs> to do and ends up with, yeah, Raymond's mom or whatever being mad at you because you've sold her cookie jar inadvertently rather than just saying to her, I don't know why this matters. Like, please, I'm sorry. I made a right. mistake. You I know? thought you gave it to me. I thought I it was a gift. I didn't think you cared. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Uh, right. So the the fact that we we watch so much television and, and movies and, and read books and comic books and all these things. And it's all a it's all this trick about how we're not talking to each other. Yeah. I I do wonder sometimes whether it is if fiction is trying to get us to actually if we can see it enough in yeah. fiction that we could turn to our spouses or our partners mm-hmm. or whatever or our families or our parents and just go, Hey, I don't want to live in an episode of lock and key. Right. I actually want to tell you that I keep finding weird keys. Right. Exactly. And- <laughs> I'm going to be upfront about all the keys I've been hiding from you. Yeah. I think a great example right. of that in horror is, um, I, mean, I don't know. You probably didn't see the movie hereditary because it, it, it's a, <laughs> on the more horrifying scene. But it's like, if we could all just be honest with each other about how, instead of trying to access things beyond the veil of reality, we all need grief counseling. You know, like we all need to talk <laughs> to one another about where we're at. We need to check in within our family unit rather than right. I'm going to attempt to go beyond the veil of, 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 of our lives because that's not going to go well for anybody. You know, it, 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 well, it's not going to in fiction and it's that, you know what? That's so interesting about Ouija boards and oh, yeah. people who try to talk to ghosts and all these things. Why don't you actually talk to your mom? She's right in front of you. Yeah. Why do you got to talk to your grandmother who's been dead for 11 years? Right. They're uh, probably going to say something kind of similar, you know, like, right. you know, probably. Yeah. They're on the same the side of the family. The perspective might be, might be different, but you'll, you'll at least get a version that you could probably process. And, Holy shit. Yeah. I think we just answered some real psychological problems yeah. here. So congratulations it's, to everyone who's listening. Just uh, be honest about your terrible feelings. The easiest thing to right. do, of course. Yeah. So why do we turn to horror then? Why do we, what, what, besides the fact that we're watching other people not deal with the thing in front of them? I think it's like, um, like with all fiction and, and especially genre fiction, I think it's sort of like, we can't, if I say to you, Jackie, you just got to be honest with everyone in your life and you just got to be upfront and you got to say uncomfortable things. That's hard for you to do day to day. So, sure. so horror is providing you like, okay, I like have grief or I have anger and, or my repressed emotions. What if it's a ghost? Like it, it's the metaphor. <laughs> and, and, and I think yeah. that, that, I think that that's also like, I don't, as someone who does not believe in ghosts or paranormal, I think like humans experience of that is in fact a reflection of our own emotions. And, right. you know, in both a good and bad way, I think believing in the supernatural can be very helpful to people. I think I think people find it very soothing, the idea that, like, your spirit lives on. So I don't want to be like it's like some pathological thing, but I think that's the reason it exists. It, it, because humans need to believe there is something outside of ourselves that will allow us to live our own lives, it, you know. It does It does feel like a coping tool. Yeah, uh, whether- absolutely. Right. I have friends who, who believe in ghosts and the paranormal. And, um, and I know like, but my whole thing with, with, you know, there are, I mean, if you, if you want to talk science, we can talk about vibrations and, and, and the turn spinning of the earth and all these things. And they do create things that Absolutely. affect our bodies mm-hmm. and our molecules and our minds. And there's so many things we just are, don't know about, you know, that, that we will right. discover in the future. Yeah. And so, and whatever tool anybody uses to cope with those things, holy shit, am I on board? Good luck. Uh, Absolutely. My, I'm glad that people my have friend, it. My friend, Karen Rontowski, 
uh, who uh, actually has a, a paranormal show called Paranormal Karen. Get out there. Uh, she uh, is big into ghosts. and and But I remember uh, previously when she first got her dog, she got a dog and it was uh, a service animal. And it was back probably 15 years ago when people were making fun of service animals uh, with both hands, right? Like they were just like, this is dumb. That's even dumber. The even, mm-hmm. you know. And I remember thinking, like, because I didn't know what it was at the time and I didn't know what it meant, but I knew what it meant to her. And I was like, what is, what service is it providing for you? And, and she explained what the, she thought the service was. And I was like, it's providing that and so much more mm-hmm. because she, much like a lot of people, including myself, are fucking twitchy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to have, you know, a doggo friend who uh, you can pet its ears and, uh, and and they're empathetic and you're empathetic. And so it's just so I, I think that it is a tool. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And I, you know, I think, you know, I understand like people sort of I don't maybe there is more now sort of more of a standard of what a service dog is. I mean, I mean, outside of like, you know, helping uh, people with limited sight. But I, I guess in general, it's like, well, I'd rather someone have a dog on an airplane than have someone who's just really distraught on an airplane. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> Whether it be me or somebody sitting next to them, I'd rather they have a dog than them like having a panic attack for four hours. You know, that doesn't seem good. Oh, my God. That is the best way to put that. Yes. Because you're right. It is literally, do you have a choice? I know you're allergic to dogs. And uh, let's say you're allergic to dogs. It's, uh, I'm allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. So I have to take a Claritin if I happen to be around cats a lot. And um, so it would help if you knew going in that there were going to be service animals. Right. And I do wonder, but- like, if you are allergic, I don't know how it works. Like, it's like, yeah, because like, I'm not. So it has never occurred to me until you said that, like, do, can you check with the flight to make sure there's not dogs in there? Because I've been on um, flights where there are dogs, not necessarily service dogs, but you can fly with right. a dog of a certain size. The plane was you full just of dogs. You just pay for it. Like $20 yeah. in there. So you'd think if, if there is that person, they'd be like, can you just let me know once you've surpassed a certain number of dogs because I'm just going to be having <laughs> an asthma attack on the plane. Yeah, right, that's right, an interesting is also. Yeah, I mean, there's so many levels to the fact that there's 8 billion people on this planet, and Mm -hmm. we just sort of have to think about each other more than we ever have, because we were alone more. Right. So, uh, the, uh, but it is an an, an excellent, the the choice between having someone distraught or them having some sort of animal with them, I definitely... I am definitely on the side of, yeah, have whatever animal you need. If if it's gonna, if you're not gonna be uh, unhappy and uh, possibly disturbant, you know, a disturbance right. to, cause my whole thing when I fly is I just want to go under mm. headphones, call it a day. And if there's someone, uh, that I, all of a sudden I, I got to do something, I got to help somebody. I gotta, yeah. That's, I got to react to something. I got to have an opinion in a, in a plane yeah. on the airplane. Yeah. My, I always want to be asleep. My, my goal, and I've done this multiple times is to be asleep before the plane takes off. Cause I am oh. a nervous, I am a nervous flyer. And usually if I'm asleep when we take off, I'm fine. But once I get okay. past that, it's I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's nice. Once it's up in the air, it's a bus. Oh yeah. And also and, what are you uh, gonna do? You're already up there. So I'm like, well, it's right. out of my the hands, d- I gotta let go like God this plane. I'm not that, flying the plane. It. The die is cast. And uh fair enough. So did you ever, the, the, it's weird that I brought up lock and key earlier because I have, the only horror that I can, that I can do is I can read horror in comic book form, not prose. 
And that is a TV show, Lock and Key. Did you end up ever seeing that one? No, I didn't. I would love to. I, I don't think I've read any horror comic books. I, I, I've never read any. I, I don't want to say any. I've read, you know, a handful of graphic novels. It, it's just a, yeah, it's a medium I haven't really delved into, but I will definitely check it out. Well, because uh, there's the the imagery, if it's prose for me, it gets too scary in my head. Mm-hmm. And if it's uh, a TV show or a movie... They've done a real nice job with it, <laughs> and uh, and I and it's too much. But for some reason, when it's art, when it's just drawn on the paper, I can go, okay, all right, I can skim, and uh, I can come back to that if I want to see that. And it's beautifully illustrated, by the way, Lock and Key. It's a graphic novel. I think there's three or four of them, and um, but the premise is is that uh, they go to this haunted house that has keys sitting around, and some of the keys will uh, they go into your brain, Ooh. and they Uh-oh. and you can remove. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's not going to end well. Oh, no. And why wouldn't the children tell their parents that, their right. mom that, that they keep finding these keys? Well, so it's like, oh, instead of dealing with this trauma in my past, so I'm just going to pull it out of my brain with this key. Well, again, that, it's that is, a good idea. That is specifically yeah. because they have grief. Yeah. And, um, and so... It that's how it begins anyway, and doesn't it always? And I guess uh, uh, both of these are examples. It's like I feel like uh, part of the issue is like we all have such limited views of our own life. So I feel like it is hard. Like if someone were to say to you, "Hey, mom and dad, or whatever, you did a bad job," I feel like most people, even if they don't aren't defensive about it, like you see, you can only see your side of an experience. You know, so it's so like right. in their mind, it's like, "Well, I did the best I absolutely could," but. You know, how can we meet in the middle and say, and that was maybe not that good all the time <laughs> and be okay with it? I think that's the goal as humans is to be like, we can both be, both view the same thing differently and understand each other, hopefully. Right, right. right. And the perspective, you know, once you become an adult and you look back on your childhood that you thought was normal, you thought yeah. that everyone lived like that. There's no greater shock than realizing that it wasn't that other people didn't do whatever weird thing your family did. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like there's such, I feel like we criticize children in a way that like, speaking of like the plane thing where it's like, I don't know, man, I, cause uh, my boyfriend has a three-year-old. I'm like, he's just doing the best he can. You know, like I feel like people complain about children in a way where it's like, not only it's not like you're complaining about an adult where it's like, okay, yes, they have some capacity to change. It's like, they're just, they're just trying not to pee their pants, you know, like you right. got to give cut them as much credit as you possibly can. You know, it is. It was one of the great disappointments of uh, when I used to do childcare, when I genuinely came to the realization that I was the adult. Yeah. Devastating. In the situation. It was yeah. devastating. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I was like, oh, she gets to be a child and mm-hmm. I don't get to be the child. Yeah. And it was a bit of a bit of a sad sack moment for me. Had to regroup, mm-hmm. look into whether or not I wanted to do that job anymore. I actually took a break from, from babysitting that kid because she uh, revealed it and then came back because I needed, of course, the job. The money, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and- yeah. I feel like my mine with that being around um, this child is like I, I am c- filled with concern of all of the um, Rube Goldberg-esque ways I imagined him accidentally dying like while I'm watching him, you know. Oh, choking, right. You're- falling down, hitting his head on the side of the table. Like, it's like, oh, what if this? And then a bird flies in, you know? And I, and <laughs> so it makes me sympathetic because I know my parents, being the people they are, absolutely were doing that constantly. And it takes up a lot of brain space, uh, but also that is half of what parenting is. How can I keep the child alive in this given in moment, you know? Right, right. right. And, it, and it's so, um, it's so interesting that, that there is, that concern is, it's automatic yeah. where you're just like, well, I don't understand 
I've never even thought of these things before. Yeah, and also it, <laughs> but, it seems he's fine. You know, it's like once the kids are, are not necessarily infants, it's like not that horrible things can't happen to them, but it's actually quite infrequent that they do. You know, like right, right. right. And and if they're climbing a tree and they fall out and break an arm, you're like, now we call an ambulance. Yeah. And uh, now you know, I was I think just two three episodes ago I was talking about our our, our neighbor uh, the Grady's and Kevin Grady thought uh, it would be funny. He was about. To, nine or 10 years old to stick his head in between the fence oh, no. posts. And oh, uh, Kevin. turns out, Kevin, Kevin, you got to call the fire department. And mm-hmm. then you get mocked at it 40 years later. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but it was, it was just one of those things where they tried to take his head out. Like his, his dad was like, okay, I'm just going to pull. And, oh, uh, and then finally it was like, Oh, no, I don't. And then actually it wasn't his dad because his dad would have sawed the fence and then repaired the fence because uh, it was a weird Wisconsin small town. Oh, yeah. He would have had some sort of device. I thought you were saying like, he was just uh, going to let Kevin live there. Like it's like, well, now you live in the fence. He was going to have to have a family and grow old I, there. I, I think Kevin was probably happy that his dad wasn't there because his dad would have been like, nah, you're going to stay here. Think about what you've done mm-hmm. as opposed to think about what you've done while your head isn't in the fence. Um, so, but have you ever thought about writing horror or? Um, yeah, I've written, I wrote a horror movie last year and I'm working on one now. And okay. yeah, I mean, again, we work in the industry. I have no, I have no illusions that either of these will be made, but, but I really like, uh, the, it's been really, I don't know. It's like just realizing that you could write something like that is very edifying. Yeah. And, it's a great, the process itself will, you'll learn so much from. Yeah. And, and what horror, just like any other genre is sort of nice with regards to like, oh, everyone who will be seeing this movie already uh knows exactly where i'm coming from uh we uh my boyfriend and i were watching uh the mike nichols movie wolf with jack nicholson i don't know if you've ever seen that one no and it's a werewolf movie and you know going into it well jack nichols is going to turn into a werewolf the movie treats (laughs) the concept of becoming a werewolf like no one has ever heard of it and i think i'm like you could have saved yourself a lot of time. Like it's people being like, you turned into a wolf. And I'm like, what? Where? They're supposed to be from New York. People have heard of werewolves. And what's <laughs> nice is horror is like when you write something, it's like everyone watching this has seen a horror movie. You could sort of skip those kinds of like, he becomes a wolf when the, it's like, yes, so we get it, you know? So, right. How does he deal with it? What does he do with the power? Who wants to get him? I mean, these are like, I mean, the, I, I imagine those are the things, whatever I think of a werewolf thing, I never think, how did he, I, like, it's sort of the Spider-Man origin yes, story. Exactly. I don't, I don't need to see him bit by that spider it. anymore. We've, we've all heard it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess maybe like, a, you're like, uh, comic books and, and superheroes, we always see the origin story. And that is a hard story to keep fresh because, baby, I know. I've seen it. I've seen so many movies where, I, where he became Batman, he became Spider-Man. I get it. I'm on board. What If if this, then what else, you know? Right, right. And if you're going to make it different, then please, because that, then that is interesting. Or if it's a character that absolutely no one's ever heard of, right? Yes. Like the Guardians of the Galaxy, you're just like, Star-Lord? Yes. What? Totally unfamiliar up <laughs> yeah. for learning about them. Yeah. Right, right. right. And, uh, you know, I happen, my husband is a, a, I'm married to a long box, and that is a dick joke. <laughs> so, uh, but the, uh, the the crazy thing is, is so he knows all these characters. So I walk into any sort of situation, and there is um, that sort of backstory available 
um, before, dur- no, not during, blessedly <laughs> not during. But did you watch WandaVision? I thought that that was scary. You no, know, I haven't yet. And it was just, I, I feel like I do this constantly where like I'll end up watching something that everyone raved about like way later. And I don't know whether it's just oh, yeah. like the pressure of having an opinion. I'm like, I'll just watch it when nobody cares about it. But I haven't seen it. I've, of course, read everyone's reaction to it. And it, it seems like, you know, an interesting okay. way to use the medium and, and explore Similar it's things. interesting that so you don't you don't you didn't feel the problem with spoilers either. Like it's no, not just oh, your yeah, no. podcasting partner in the in the podcast ruined by the way. And I'm talking with uh, Hallie <laughs> Kiefer, just so everyone knows that it's at Hallie Kiefer, and the name of the podcast is ruined. But so you so spoilers don't bug. No, I, I, like I, I don't know. I don't why. have a huge. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. even when I've seen something where I was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I I don't feel like it totally fundamentally changed my enjoyment of or, or, um, you know, anything like that. So I don't know. Interesting. The other, the other thing that I, I, cause I, I don't have a problem with spoilers. The only kind of spoiler that I don't like is when people say that they didn't like it. Interesting. Okay. Cause it yeah, colors cause your I, opinion of what you're going right, to say. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like if you, if, if, if you saw something that I'm planning on seeing and, um, and you're like, weird twist, he's a ghost at the end of it, mm-hmm. but we never knew. Because here's the other thing, is that movie where, um, what's his name, was a ghost oh, the whole Bruce time? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis was a ghost. I didn't know he was a ghost. And uh, when, literally, it took probably two more beats than the rest of the audience. <laughs> like, the the rest the of the audience went, rolling. oh! And then two beats later, I was like, oh! So I'm not always the sharpest blade in the in the drawer it's, when it comes to that. It's so funny you said that because I remember I saw that in theaters with my, I want to say I was just with my aunt, uh, my aunt Nancy, and it was 15 minutes before the reveal. And she turns to me, she's whispering, but it's a quiet theater. So everyone here, she goes, oh, he's a ghost. Oh, shit. And like spoiled it 15 <laughs> minutes before the reveal. And like, no, it was bad or whatever. But I was like, don't tell me if he's a ghost. Right. But she right. was right. I mean, she absolutely called it. She called it, which is so interesting when, yeah. when I, I've actually watched so many murder mystery shows now mm-hmm. that I can almost call who did it. Yeah. And, and I think uh, another, you know, another great example of like, it, that's hard to keep it fresh. It's hard to keep it guessing when it's like, you know, every episode of Law and Order SVU is somebody who's solving a murder. You know, it's like we have so many murder mysteries. How do you do it? And prevent people from from completely guessing beforehand. And the plot is often, you know, like I watched, uh, the, and I've talked about it uh, a lot on this show, Miss Fisher's uh, Murder Mysteries out of Australia, set in 1928, Flapper, Love solves it. murders. Love it already. And turns out she is good at everything. And it's one of the things that makes me love this show because she is, her character is, she speaks five languages. She has a gold-plated gun. She can ride a horse standing up. She can tango. Uh, She gets laid. She saves people. It's amazing. She is good at absolutely everything. And, but there are these plots of who, who is the murderer. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I was also watching, uh, because there's only three to five seasons of each of these things. Okay. And you're like, every night you're watching two episodes. Exactly. So the other one is a New Zealand show called Broken Wood, set in modern times. Okay. And it's about, uh, and they had the same plots. Like it was like, they're killed on a wine in, in, in a vineyard. They're uh, all of a sudden there's, you know, it's sex, money, rock and roll, whatever it is. Exactly. And, yeah. You know, some, you know, they're, they're trying to give us a message what do you think? 
I keep weeding off, by the way. Uh, by the way, hide <laughs> from your dorkdom. Feel free to oh, no, rest the reins think, for me well, at any time. There's a lot of uh, crossover, but you were know, a lot of different. We're all humans, so it's like a lot of um, you know. We all want to see a murder mystery. It makes sense that those shows cross over in the way that our conversations crossing over. Yeah. yeah, it's true. And so what? What? But what? Um, what are some of your favorite? Like, what would you recommend? Well, when it comes to TV, the other one I didn't recommend, which I'm. If you haven't seen it, please do. Um, it's uh, the TV series uh, Channel Zero. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. It has since been canceled. And there's four seasons, and each um, season is like a different self-contained spooky story. And they're really well done. And okay. um, you know, one of them, I'm trying to think. I don't want to spoil any of them. But a lot of right. them are is- sort of um, you know, each one's a different story and they're they're played out really beautifully. I'm not sure if they're how many, let me see how many uh, there's six episodes in each season. Um are they at out? Is it hour long? Um, yes, hour long. And I think you could watch them. I think, I, I don't know what, on streaming, maybe it was on Shudder or something. But if you haven't, if, if, you're, if you're listening and you're a horror fan, please watch Channel Zero. You're really going to love it. And be mad that it's canceled because it's uh, really <laughs> a great quality. Was, was uh, Ch- Channel Zero makes me think of that show that I did not watch called Black Mirror. Did you watch, was that horrifying? Um, yes. I feel like I, uh, I, I definitely, I don't think I've seen all of them, but I do feel like there was a, perhaps a little bit of a drop off in quality. And, That'll happen. Um, sure. Because there's one, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give you more details, but there is a one where I believe sort of the twist hangs on whether or not a guinea pig saw something. And I'm like, oh, all right, okay, that's fair. All right. Like, I don't write this. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> But, um, who has ever said that's fair? Listen, that's, you know, is the guinea, what, what is the, what does the guinea pig know? Um, um, well, if you, if you wait, an actual tiny rodent, right? The, uh, a guinea okay. pig sees something and it exists in sort of like a, uh, if you, oh yeah, if you don't want Black Mirror spoiled, don't listen to this part of the conversation. The guinea pig sees a murder and they, in yeah. this, the, the episode takes place in a, you know, a near future, a technological dystopia where you could sort of read everyone's um, memories. So they're able to, okay. presumably, you don't see it, presumably tap into the guinea pig's memories and s- find the identity of the murderer. Oh, I see. And I feel okay. like, I'm like, okay, I, I, you know, it's like the latter seasons of the X-Files, where it's like, hey, listen, we had to come up with something, and <laughs> this is what we have. Um, but I would say, overall, I love Black Mirror, and I, I think uh, Charlie Brooker, the creator, he made some comment, because somebody had asked him like last year, like, are you making more episodes? He's like, I feel like now is not the time because it's like things are not great. You know, listen, we all live through 2020. So maybe take a breather and then cycle back around from dystopian uh, present. Yes. Yeah. So I get that for sure. Yeah. And then is channel zero kind of like that in this sort of technological future? No channel zero is like a lot of like, um, dream logic. Um, okay. So for example, the last season, um, this woman's moving back into her childhood home and in her, she's all, you know, all these drawings and, and memorabilia from her childhood. And she had a, um, you know, a uh, invisible. That's already creeping me exactly. out. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah. So- Go looking at those old creepy drawings you did as a kid. You're like, what the hell is I thinking? So she had an imaginary friend and sure. you know, who lived in the basement behind a door. Unfortunately, she when she goes to the basement, there is actually a door there. And I don't need to tell you. 
some guy, <laughs> some guy shows up, and it's her imaginary friend, and that's the first episode. Like you know that that's not spoiling anything, right? That's not spoiling. So then that's it's um, the... but it's sort of those same okay. um, you know, themes of like you're the uh, you're in a shame of the world, dream logic, your childhood bleeding through into you know your family, okay. that kind of thing. Um, they're all, but they're all different. I I don't know. They're all very, they're all great. So they're all and incredibly well done, and just really well done. Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. I what think about, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, and I, and whenever anyone talks about horror, I lead them right away, right away from it. I've read something. I I've watched something that is, is ostensibly it's about ghosts and it's called ghosts and it's a sitcom. Okay, great. And great it title. is a Brit, a British sitcom called ghosts. And there are two seasons and they're working on a new season and it's an, it's a, uh, it's on HBO max, I believe. Um, it might, yeah, I think it's on HBO Max, and it is adorable and hilarious, and it, oh. and just it's it's essentially it's about this couple, British couple, inherits a mansion, and it has all the ghosts over the last ten thousand years, sixty thousand years. Love it. So there's a caveman, there's an Elizabethan dude who's had his head chopped off. There is Lady Button, the lady of the house who uh, killed herself. There is a. Um, a, and then, so what we do is in the, in, and there's only, it's a half an hour show. There's only two seasons. So, and I think there's, I don't know, 10, 10 episodes per season. So you're done. And you're like, where's, because by episode three, you're totally in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this, the, the modern couple who has inherited, um, is, I don't want to, uh, you find out like, you know, she, uh, someone gets hit on the head and they can see the ghosts Good. and then and then it's just an episode of friends, <laughs> but, uh, but it's incredibly well done. Okay. And so, but the, like the Kate, you know, the different characters, there's a, there's a, a scandalous, uh, member of parliament who died in the house who isn't wearing any pants right. the entire series. And so like, they all are wearing what they were wearing when they died, of course. Right. Oh yeah. So there's, there's like a, a uh, like a boy scout, like a, a scout leader who has an arrow through his neck. Wonderful. And, sort of the Beetlejuice, um, yeah. I feel like. In Beetlejuice, everyone sort of, you know, you had the the Miss Argentina whose head is removed, the guy with the shrunken yeah. head, that kind of ensemble. thing. Ensemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it has a nice Love ensemble check feel it out. to it. Yeah, I, I feel like British TV, not to give every British show, uh, you know, all the credit, but I feel like in America, because we have like, oh, you know you're getting a certain number of episodes, Sometimes they, they they drag things out a little bit. And British TV, they're like, we're just getting into it. Like, you know the setup. Now we're getting to the fun of it. Or we're getting to the horror of it. Because right. we, you know, we don't we, we don't have 13 episodes or whatever, or 20. Right, right. It it could just be six. Yeah. We have as many until we tell the story <laughs> and they're going to let us do them. And it's, but it's not going to be too many because they've, they've already rented out this space. <clears throat> so um, what about, okay, so there's a bunch of, like there's Get Out. I oh, think it was Get, Get Out. Get Out's wonderful. I'm very excited. I guess Jordan Peele has a new movie coming out next year. So I'm very excited about that. There's, you know, I've I've heard different different takes on horror. You know, oh, like yeah. zombie movies mm-hmm. talk about consumerism. Um, there's a way to talk about classism and uh, the rich versus the poor and all these things that that can be addressed in horror that. You know that sometimes science fiction does that too, but um, yeah, what I f- yeah. yeah, I feel like um, what's nice about horror again because like people seeing it have seen so much horror 
is that you can be as subtle or as overt as you want to. Like, yeah, like zombie movies, they're about consumerism or, you know, like our fears about that. So you could have that be like, they're in the mall, you know, or you could have something that's more subtle, but people pick up on it because people are watching, you're watching horror actively. So it's sort of like, you want it. You want to be like, oh, this was about uh, our fear of death. You know, like people are excited to find out those things. So they watch it in a different way, I think, than, I don't know, like a comedy. Like, you you know, you're not watching a comedy yeah. be like, what are they trying to say? It's like, I'm here to laugh and, and hopefully there'll be character development, you know. Right. right, which is why comedy can hide messages even better. Yes. Because nobody's looking for shit. Exactly. Anyway, That's a so, good point, yeah. It, it's like the it's inverse. A, yes. So when you watch horror, are you looking for jump scares or are you looking for the psychological? It feels psychological. Yeah, I think so. I always want to walk away being like, they're right. I am afraid of death. Or you're like, you're right. <laughs> I should call my parents. Like, I like that. And it's it goes down so smooth when it's it's in a horror movie. I, I I like a jump scare, but not a ton. I remember seeing um the, I think it's the, the woman in black, the, um who, oh, God. What is Harry Potter's name? The actor. Oh, um Yeah. That guy, you know, Daniel Radcliffe. There we go. And it, go. I saw that movie theater. It is every two minutes there's a jump scare to the point where I felt like physically uncomfortable, like filled yeah. with adrenaline. I don't like that too much. You get a couple and no. then you got to have some other substance. So, yeah. Right. And uh, as per usual, going back to superhero movies, I saw the Sony, the New Mutants. Oh, how was and that? The new- it, uh, it's actually really good. Okay. And they, they, they kept delaying the release of it. Yes, and, I remember that. Okay. But, and it was essentially because the suspicion, you know, from, from the speculation, from what I've heard other people say that rings true to me is they kept delaying it because it didn't feel like a superhero movie and it wasn't MCU. Mm. Um, cause the Marvel universe has been like, we'll make, a spy movie, but it's also a superhero movie. Well, the new mutants was made over, I think Sony Paramount and they were making an eighties horror film, teenage horror film, uh, as a superhero movie. And it actually works and it works really, really well. And, uh, there's a, there's one jump scare in it. There's like one or two jump scares in it that are, I'm like, uh, but I, I saw it, uh, on the side of a building, in when it came out, when it finally came out at our local movie theater, they just turned it into a drive-in and in Van Nuys, uh, which means uh, we bought the DVD so that we could see it in the dark. Uh, So, uh, but it's much better actually than you think. It's so good. That's great. I feel like that's, I guess, again, as someone who doesn't necessarily connect with or, or know about a ton of superhero stuff, I would hope yeah. it's like, listen, if this is what we're doing, you know, if, if Disney's buying everything and, and, and Marvel's, like, why not have it be horror? Why not try to have it be a rom-com? Like, allow this to live in all these different genres and have different kind of films if this is what we're doing anyways. Not everything has to be this big, you know, blowout uh, tentpole action. movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And it's it's because there's plenty of action in, let's say, Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but Ant-Man is... It's literally what I love about Ant-Man because, and it is one of my favorite of all of the movies is, um, is that the stakes are incredibly low. He literally just wants to hang out with his daughter. Oh, I don't think I saw, yeah. I saw the second one, but not the first one. And that was a mistake. I, I feel like I was like, 
I, oh, because you missed it. the setup. Yes, yeah, because because yeah. then you have then you have to spend half of the movie going. I get it. I see what oh, you're doing. Oh, I see. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the first movie is uh, is adorable, and it they they do, you know, they do a lot of good spatial work, and it's um and it and they set up the characters a lot better. So um, the second one they play off of that, and and it's good, but it isn't. The first one is quite better. Yeah. Um. Um. So. Is Twin Peaks horror? Um, I think so. I think when I when I first started it, so I watched it because my boyfriend is obsessed with it, as many people are. And I think I yeah. tried to watch it, but like I didn't. I maybe it was on Netflix and they didn't have the whole run at first. I think now they have the first two seasons, but like I skipped an episode or two, so I started like two and the wrong episodes. So I was like, I don't even understand what's going on or who these people are. And what's what's interesting about it, and I guess it's like this is something that I hope that there are creators in Hollywood that could still do, is that there's there's two seasons of the show, and a movie right. that that of the initial run, and then 25 years later they did a third season with the same actors that came out in 2017, oh. and it's really? so good, it is so good, and it's just uh, it's surprising, it's it's uh, compelling. It's very scary at certain points. Um, it's very sweet. You you really get attached to the characters. But, like, I don't know. It's like, who else gets to do that? You know, like, the reason that David Lynch could do that is because he's David Lynch, you know? Right, right. That is, that does help. Uh, being, um, But I've never seen it, and I know that, that it is, but it is revered. And it is something that I didn't know that it was 25 years mm-hmm. later. Yeah, the same characters and the, played by the same actors. Yeah, that's outstanding. And um, it's uh, I would say, and this is again like it's like in terms of like the scariest horror movies, the movies I found most compelling. I think the Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me is one of the scariest horror movies I've ever seen. However, I don't know if I could like you'd have to watch the first two seasons of the show to be invested in these characters and then see this movie. And what's compelling, what's great about the movie is like you see these two scenes of the show and then the um, movie is from the perspective of a character that you have not seen her perspective from. So it's like, oh, you're seeing oh. all these things that you know about, but seeing them from this other perspective, which is very well done. And uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I, yeah. I wouldn't, but I wouldn't be like, Jackie, go watch this fire walk with me because I feel like you, the whole time you'd be like, OK, I get it. But like, I don't see what's so special about it. Um, right. And yeah. I, yeah, I was going to ask if I could watch it without watching the first two seasons and it would, it wouldn't build correctly. Is that what the, I feel like, yeah, like a lot of it, what, what's really compelling about it is like, it's, you're seeing events that have been discussed on the show and sort of like mm-hmm. you see people's reactions and feelings about them. And now you're seeing them again in this different way. I don't know. Maybe it holds up. I don't want to, I don't want to tell it right. wrong. How long is Twin Peaks a half hour show or is it an hour? It's an show? hour show. So let me see how many hours you'd have to actually watch before you could watch Invest this movie. In, it's an know, investment, it's... but again, this this past year, I was like, let's do it. You know, let's. <laughs> right. What else are we doing? Turns out we've got the time. We've we got have the time. got the time. Yes, and uh, at least another couple months of it, uh, as far as I can tell. I know. Um, and then I would say, so the Twin Peaks itself is like, what's great is it's about, well, this is what I take, it's all very like supernatural and um, surreal. So, you know, people could take different things from it, but it's sort of this exploration. So obviously in the first episode, uh, a young woman has been murdered and these two, uh, an FBI agent shows up to try to solve it with the local sheriff. So that's like, you know, at least on American TV, you've seen that story a million times. Yeah. The yes. small town America, and he meets all these different people, like the, the woman who works at the, the diner and, and all of these kids, the doctor, 
And you're meeting right, all right. of these characters and it's kind of comfortable. And, and there's a lot of ideas of like this FBI agent's like, he's the best person in the world. And then the, the, the show in my mind is sort of like, what is underneath all of these archetypes? Like, why do we think small towns are safe when, when this kind of thing does happen? <laughs> or like, why do we think that this FBI agent, like, why does he view the world in such like a black and white, good and evil way? And how does that limit you or, or, or advantage you um, mm-hmm. in this very interesting, but again, you, he, he's only able to do it because he has all these surreal moments where you're like, man, this is not how I would have gone about getting to this point, but it's very right. interesting. And that's because I take it as a metaphor. I don't, I don't think it's interesting. I guess I just don't think that things are as interesting if I'm taking them at face value. Like I want the monster to be a metaphor. It doesn't right. have to be, but it's more interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's uh yeah. If the monster like if the monster is just a crazy person, right? There's then then you're like, well, how how would we help that person? Yes. How how can I find that part in me that also needs to be exercised and and fixed to some extent, or or murdered, yes, or whatever you do to the bad guy, yeah. Like I accidentally, I've seen one horror movie. That's not true. I've, I've probably <laughs> seen more, but I've seen uh, the um, Hannibal Lecter. Silence, Silence of the Lambs. Yes, and that's I. I think of that as a thriller, but I think it has a lot of horror elements for sure. Okay, because it's because it the tension builds and there's a little bit of jump scare occasionally, and there's so much you don't know what's happening, and there's yeah, you know, and so what would make what what's different between a horror and a thriller? You know, in, I, I was horrified. I, I, <laughs> so. I guess I feel like this is my impression, where it's like this is what I would say is. It's about solving this crime. So there's like a linear trajectory of we're following this woman, solving the mystery of who the serial killer is. And for the most part, she is not in physical danger. Like she's not like engaging, obviously, you know, spoiler alert, she does eventually at the end. But it's right, more, right engaged. Yeah, so it's yes. more of like a murder mystery, a thriller. It's her her psychological um, battle of wills with Hannibal Lecter versus if it's like, oh, she knows the serial killer and we know that she's, you know, like he's going to get her. And it's like Hannibal Lecter, again, for the most part, is in a cage. It's the psychological scare and, and, and interest of it all. But I mean, it's a fine line. I mean, there's a lot of crossover. I don't want to say like they're so totally different. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, it, there's there's nothing in stone here. But the um, but what I do think is like people loved that first Halloween movie, I think. And then. And that was just a sort of a slasher kind of movie, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think that is uh, because of, of the, the theater experience. Like, I feel like a lot of those movies are like seeing it with a hundred other teens. You're screaming. You're all like feeding off each other's energy is so exciting. And not that Halloween isn't fun to watch at home. I just think like those movies are like, you are watching teens get stabbed. You are watching like your peers <laughs> sort of like. You, that's Get the chased. thrill of it rather than a, like, ah, character study. What is madness? You know, it's like, no, you were, <laughs> you know, you were just in this, you were in danger and you get to feel electrified by it, but you also get to be saved because it's not real. Right. right. So what would you, if you were to take the crew that's in the breakfast club Ooh. and stick them in Halloween? Absolutely. Is it, is it that? Is that essentially what it is where you've got these tropes where, you know, there's the weird kid, the cheerleader and the, yeah. And the jock and the burnout. I think so. I think that that's a lot of horror is we want to project ourselves and like experience ourselves. And I guess maybe there's just a lot of teenagers because, um, you know, I mean, we all have that 
part of ourselves. I always think of like people as like a Russian nesting doll. Like you don't become an adult. You just like are, a, are adult with your child size self inside. So I yeah. feel like that's a very, everyone's like teenagehood is very, still very alive to them. So I feel like putting that, those people into horror is like, so like, you know, I'm an adult, obviously, but now I didn't, now it's hard as actually, cause I have a kid in my life and I'm like, those kids, somebody help them. And that's me watching Breakfast Club. I'm like, somebody help those kids, you know, somebody help Ali Sheedy. Right, right. She does seem to be some sort of a victim of some sort of neglect. Oh, yeah. Um, you just, you, yeah. Yeah, you want a sequel where you find out things turned out okay, but maybe you probably, probably did it. Right. She, well, I mean, if they all make it through, this is what I've always told my nieces and nephews when they're going through those horrible times when they're like 14 or 15. I'm like, I am very sorry. Yeah. It is going to be another three or four years of this. And then, you know, I've had several of my nieces and nephews literally turn into different people Mm -hmm. once they turned 18. Yeah. Because they became responsible. They, they feel responsible for their own lives and they feel like you can't, you can't stop them now. Mm-hmm. And, and in my family, nobody does stop you when you're 18, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, there, there's, you're still welcome for dinner. Right. You, know, you might need a, you might need a good meal once or twice a week. <laughs> we'll hook you up. Uh, but go be weird. Yeah. And, um, so that's, that is, uh, yeah, I, I've always wanted to see Twin Peaks. It's an ensemble. So Jackie, I looked it up and you only have to watch uh, 30 so there's eight episodes in the first season and then it, okay. it um so it's an, a network drama so the it was on abc so the next season is 22 episodes they they didn't need it you know what i mean they was a little long <laughs> so then that's eight and 22 so then you can watch fire walk with me which is the sh- the movie and then right. that came out in 1992 and then in 2017 a new 18 episode third season came out on showtime so I wonder if that first season is on Disney Plus. Oh, that's an interesting because point. I'm because I'm on because I have that, and um, and and here's the thing: is if I gave it eight hours, if I if I gave you know, when it comes to a series, I I feel like if you watch the first three episodes and you're still yes. not into it, you have given it the college. Absolutely, try. yeah. You, give it a go, see yeah. how you feel, and if you're like, no, I can't commit the next month of my life to this, I'm good. Yeah, there's you, you've done as much as you can. I I've had so many people tell me that they can't read the Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, then don't. Yeah, please don't hurt yourself. And they're like, but I want to be a good nerd, and I was <laughs> like, uh, you're be a different nerd. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> go go read the thing that you want to read. So um, my my uh, my version of that is I've been trying to read Dune for I don't know the last. 20 years of my life because it's one of my mother's favorite books and but i tell you i start reading it's like oh no it's 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 medieval stuff in space and i'm like oh god like i just it's really hard to get through i haven't done it i i, I hopefully i, I only read the first three there's a fascinating episode of the dork forest about dune okay but from a guy who read all of them and literally multiple times and has gone into the political it is it is a it's a political science. It's the science fiction. uh, And it's one of these science fiction fantasy books that literally is about political intrigue. Okay. Sort of, you know, like I couldn't get into game of Thrones Mm -hmm. and so many people and outlander. Those are the two that everybody's like, you like craptastic romance (laughs) novels. You should love outlander. Yes. I only know outlander for being these, you know, like a bodice ripping sort of romance. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but I, and I tried, I, I, you know, um, 
it it didn't take. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things just don't. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that I would at no point say that you you should be reading or watching something else. Right. Uh, who cares? There's just too who much cares? stuff. There's, there's too much There's so stuff. much content. It's all going to work out. Just whatever stops the voices in your head. I say, you knock yourself out. Yeah. And um, so... I don't, um, is Veronica Mars? Cause these are, these are specific TV shows that you've also mentioned yes. as your dorkdom. And we have, we only have like 10 minutes left, but, but I'm just, I'm wondering, cause I never watched Veronica Mars. Either. I think you'd really like it. I, uh, I always remember I was dating this guy who really did not like me in any way. And, um, and it was just <laughs> a bad, it was just bad. And then later he was publishing his, a memoir, which, okay. And he's like, do you mind if I use all of our emails that we've ever exchanged? And I was like, well, what's the context? So you're just going to publish all of our emails? And, right. And so I said, no. And he also offered to send me a free copy of the book. And uh, so I said, no. You're like, like how about you don't? I was like, if the book me. was already written and you're like, here's what the chapter looks like. Okay, I, you know, whatever. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I won't back up, you know. But uh, instead he just published it, but only his side of the emails, which is uh, exactly who I think this person is. You don't need to know what she said. You don't need to know what I said. But the one thing that he gave me is that he he was like, we should watch Veronica Mars. So we were watching Veronica Mars, which I love. It is like, you know, a detective story, but has the fun of the detective as a teenage girl in high school. Oh, sort of Nancy Drew yes. Hardy Boys yes. vibe to it. Yeah. So her dad's a PI. So you also have these like um, season long arcs of like, you know, the first one's like a murder. So it's like the song of the murder, but then also the 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 fun of the week, the monster of the week or whatever, where she's solving a okay. case for somebody in her school, you know, like some, okay. there's been a cheating scandal or someone's been accused of, of failing the drug test for football or whatever. It's so fun. And then okay. similarly, they had a they had a season come out, I guess it'd be their fourth season that came out a year or two ago. It, it just, it was, I, I liked it, but like it's, the thing of it is, is that in the first one, she's young and it, like a kid doing this. And now she's an adult woman. I'm like, well, yeah, I believe that adult woman could solve this. Like, I've seen her do it when she was 15. I'm sure she could do it now, you know? Right. She should have won a Pulitzer by now or a Nobel. Exactly. Uh, so what, uh, yeah. So, okay, so it's just that. And and that is, um, so that's just a murder mystery show. That's not a not a horror so no, much. No, I'm as... trying to think of other horror ones. Uh, another horror I wanted to promote was one I watched on Hulu called The Sister. It's British. So I think okay. it's only four episodes and, and it's uh you know this the main character he makes a terrible mistake which is he is uh I- I involved in a murder and then he um marries the victim's sister and doesn't mention that he was involved in some way with her sister's death just <laughs> again if in a relationship you have to communicate you have to be upfront right. about things um because later right. the guy that he uh did it with is going to show up at his house you know so yeah yeah and he's gonna and it's gonna get super awkward super messy super awkward Sure. And again, in the in the mm-hmm. British tradition, I think it's only four episodes. Great, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. stuff. Great stuff. Yeah, that's uh, fascinating. By the way, I am talking with Hallie Kiefer, and she has a podcast entirely where she ruins horror movies for her good friend, um, Allison. Uh, how do you pronounce Allison's last name? Allison Libby. Libby. There you go. Because Allison's going to do an episode of The Dork Forest in a couple as well. And... Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm always looking, I'm always looking for uh, more people. Listen, to do it's, the it's an absolute delight to talk to you. Thank you so much for, for looking and finding us. Sure. Super fun. And, um, the, the, 
the only other thing I would say, what's coming up? What's Are there any horror movies coming out? Has anyone been able to make anything in this? Well, um, the, you would think Blair Witch would be the one now. I know. Yeah, well, we're I, I do. Alone. I do feel like oh, there's a lot of movies coming out where or, or will be coming out where it's like, is you're just in a haunted house, you're just in an apartment building, as they should be. Um, I mean, the only one I'm like <laughs> super excited about is the new Candyman, and that has been pushed back because I believe that was supposed to come out um, last spring, and they've just keep pushing it back because obviously they want to have a big theatrical release, and I couldn't be more excited because oh. I love the yeah. original Candyman. What's uh, was it? Sammy Davis Jr.? No, who is who is the original kid? Tony he did Todd. a song in 1972. I mean, listen, uh, if, yeah, if Sammy was still alive, he'd be so lucky. You know, it was Tony Todd, fabulous. Okay. Okay. What year did that come out? That came out. The 90s or? 92. I fe- yeah, 92. 92. And- another, yeah, great year for horror. And um, it was with Virginia Madsen. Remember her? I don't know yeah, what she's up to. Vaguely. She's great. But yeah, and so the, this this is sort of, I think it's a, I, they haven't said it as, as a sequel, but I'm presuming it's, you know, it's essentially a sequel because it's the same guy, the same actor. Oh, I don't know. I was playing the I candy. Feel like they're playing it really close to their vest. I just know that the main character oh. that you see in the trailer is a child that you see in the original movie. So I'm like, oh, oh well, if that character is the same, but now it's like he's an adult man. Then um, I, I'm assuming that means that I hope Tony Todd comes back. What? what? Uh, look, I'm gonna look at the, the IMDb. In the original. Maybe it just says when he's just yeah. listed. Right. right. Is is. In the original, the candy man, mm-hmm. is he handing out candy and he's murdering people? What's happening? What is the, what is the conceit of why is he called the candy well, man? Well, you know, it's, is it heroin? It's a lo- you, yes, basically. <laughs> so there's oh, all this graffiti. Okay. It's sort of like playing with language. It's a Clive Barker story, but so yeah, there's all well, this graffiti it? that says sweets for the sweet. And, and so the people who see that are like, oh, heroin, this is like a drug, you know, somebody's buying drugs in this area. The Candyman was a um, a, a black art artisan who, at the turn of the century, fell in love with a white woman, gets her pregnant, and is brutally murdered. And part of his murder is he's covered in honey, and then they dump bees on him. So it's horrible. Oh, so that- wait, that's what the real that was the real Candyman. Well, when you say real, Jackie. I don't, oh, none oh, of this is I'm real. I'm so sorry. Okay. okay. This is, this is, okay. Yeah, I thought it was it, based on some horror, horrible real thing no, that happened I, to someone black in the early turn of the century. No, as far as I know, no, it's based, so it's based on Clyde Barker's story. Of course, in Clyde Barker's okay. story, it's set in England and right. I don't think he's black. I, I think that by setting it in Chicago and, and they made decisions about sort of like adding Race this, and, yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and so, but unfortunately he has become a legend and in doing so, he sort of exists in this like other alternate reality where like he he's an urban legend that it can be summoned, and you don't want to do it. You could summon him in the mirror, but what are you, what are you doing, Jackie? You, you're getting a lot more than you expect. Wait, is the Candyman the one that gets summoned? Because I've heard the jokes, I've heard the 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 references. It's sort of like yeah, so he's the one where if you say his name in the mirror or something, yeah, and it looks like Tony Todd is in the new Candyman. So I'm hoping that means he plays Candyman versus like. Oh, you know, he plays like somebody else and then they recast him. I wish, oh, it'd be so great if he played a psychiatrist who was like, why would you say his name? Oh, why would you and, do it? Uh, and not only that, Jackie, you have to say it five times. It's not even three. You have to make oh. a commitment to summoning Candyman. And again, <laughs> when he does, he has a hook for a hand, you know, and it's not just for, you know, hanging up meat uh, or whatever. Sure, sure. It isn't just uh, for, for <laughs> pulling lines because you're a pirate. Exactly. Uh, rope. Uh, that is ridiculous and hilarious. 
Okay, well, we are at an hour. I mean, you're more than welcome uh, to continue t- telling me. We have about two minutes if you want to. Uh, anything you feel like you missed out on? You, you didn't? Um, no, I just want to grab somebody by the shoulders and go, seriously, this was this changed my life. What did change your life? What, what was it? What changed my life? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like to do. To <laughs> um, uh, that's what I like to do. Minute 58, you guys, is uh, get deep. Well, I feel like the horror movie that changed my life was The Exorcist, because I saw that as a kid and saw it in theaters when it was re-released. Um, and I remember... Oh, my God. Because I'm not even... I'm like, I'm Catholic, and I know that stuff's not real. You know what I mean? But, like, seeing it... I remember just like having this image of like, I know this isn't real, but what if? So I feel like that's the excitement of horror. It's like, I know the Candyman is not real, but I'm not going to say his name in the mirror because I'm not an idiot <laughs> on the off chance that he, that he is. So, yeah. Uh, so there are lessons to be learned. Absolutely. And they are very basic don't lessons. Don't tempt fate. Seriously. Yeah. And don't tempt fate when it comes to people with axes and knives and chainsaws and stab stab. Yeah, you said it. I'd like to sum it up right here in the, in the 11th hour. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show, Hatley Keeper. Of Kiefer, course. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. Yay. We did it, you guys. We did another <laughs> Dork Forest. We had Hallie Kiefer. You can find her online. You can find her podcast if you want to hear uh, about more, more about horror movies. And um, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?